ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome back to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama J. And we are bringing you a new episode. Whoop, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. All right, Mom, do you have any What the Ale moments? What are you drinking? What's going on? <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, probably What the Ale moments is um, <laughs> I'm dog sitting a dog who is a giant dog but he thinks he's a tiny dog mm-hmm. and so he is like under my feet and trying to sit on my lap when I've got other things happening in my chair um like my laptop or things like that but he really thinks that he's small and thinks that he fits everywhere wow. um so he's adorable and I love him very much I'm having a great time with him but uh yeah he's very needy <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> But he's cute, so it's okay. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I don't really have any major what the ill moments right now. Um, I am excited tomorrow. I'm taking myself on like a self-care day. And I think I'm just going to like take the ferry to San Francisco and see where the day takes me. And oh, that's fun. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Like I said, I have nothing planned. So I'm just going to be led by whimsy a bit, but I'm really excited. So. Yeah. That'll be nice. Hopefully yeah. the weather's good. Yeah, the weather's been really nice here. So I'm hoping tomorrow will be just as lovely. And it'll just be nice to like take the boat over and all of that. I don't think I've ever taken the ferry to San Francisco from Oakland. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Yeah. But cool. Are you drinking anything special? Um, you know, I just decided to have a Heineken and keeping it light today so nice yeah what about you I am having the tried and true Modelo Negra tonight (laughs) okay (laughs) the classic (laughs) well it's your story isn't it you what are what are we it is and this one well, I wanted to go for a little bit more of a lighthearted vibe because I know the last one was about a missing person and, you know, it's just sad and tragic and, you know, who knows if we'll get answers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to do one that's a little more lighthearted. I guess it is still technically a little bit dark because it involves a mummy, <laughs> Okay, but it's a little more lighthearted. All right. Um. So I am going to take you back to my hometown of Long Beach, California. All righty. All right. And this, um, I'm going to take you specifically to an old amusement park that used to be in Long Beach. And this is called Pike Amusement Park. And the amusement park was around for 77 years. So from 1902 to 1979. So it closed a year after I was born. So I did not have the pleasure of going to this amusement park. Darn. <laughs> okay. So, um, but what happens at this amusement park is um, an interesting thing because um, in 1976, they decided to use the amusement park as a set for the TV series, uh, Six Million Dollar Man. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and, you know, that's like a kind of like a sci-fi show. Um, you know, Lee Majors was part of that. And, you know, but it was a show that was uh, very popular in the 70s. So mm-hmm. they went on location to this amusement park in Long Beach. And there was one scene that was going to be shot inside of their fun house. Okay. And the fun house uh, was called Laugh in the Dark Fun House. Okay. And in the fun house, they had many different dummies and props and things that would jump out at you. Um, and they also had a hanging man that was um, just hanging in the corner, kind of looking scary. He, um, you know, he was kind of like painted like a bright orangish color, um, but, you know, just hanging there for ambiance in the fun house. Okay. Um so what happened was that a prop man was helping set up some things in the fun house and he bumped into this dummy and the dummy's arm fell off. Oh, so he goes to pick up the arm and thinks, Oh, I'll just like pop it back on or glue it or whatever. And when he picks it up to put it back on, he realizes that the arm has a bone oh and quickly realizes that this is a human arm. Oh my gosh. So they yeah. had on display a dead body and didn't know that it was a dead body. Yeah. They did not know that it was a dead body. And this was the amusement park itself that had it. This was not part of the set that was brought in. Oh this God. was just the prop man happened to bump into this this thing that was already hanging in the fun house. Oh my um, gosh. I mean, how terrible so it turns out be if it was like actually like a kid running through the fun house that discovered that though. At least, you know. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So the prop man, you know, once he realizes, I think this is a human body, um, he runs out. And I I guess the the deal is that um, when you're filming on location, the studios are required to have a fireman on location just in case there's any accidents. Hmm. So for this day, um, the fire inspector who is working on the set, his name was Joseph McBride. Okay. And so the prop came out and approached Joseph and was like, hey, like, I just need somebody to take me seriously. Everybody thinks I'm joking, but I think this is a human body. Um, and so, you know, other workers um, were like messing around with the arm. I mean, I guess nobody believed him. So they were like messing around with the arm and messing around with the dummy when McBride came in to look at it. But, you know, he examined the body and agreed that he thinks these are human remains. Oh my um, okay. And Joseph McBride, the, the fire inspector, he described it as like the skins being like very pulled tight across the face. And he said that he thought it looked like starvation was at play. Um, mm-hmm. But what we learned later is just that's how the month- mummification process works. So, um, okay. so anyways, they, they called the Long Beach Police Department and they also agreed it's a body. Um, and then it said that Joe took the arm home with him like even in an interview he's saying well yeah I just took the arm home with me and I was like I'll give it you know when I go down there the next day and he he literally said the words I stuck the arm in my pocket <laughs> and I was just like that's such an odd sentence <laughs> like how do you stick a whole human arm in your pocket I mean maybe in the back pocket like you just like stuck it out but like that's so weird I- an arm is big though this fell off at like the shoulders so I don't know 
Um, so, but you'd think they would bag it or like tuck it in a safe spot. But anyways, the next day he did bring it to the county morgue and the coroner, Dr. Choi, did verify that it was human body. Okay. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about <laughs> where this body comes from. Alana, have you ever heard the name Elmer J. McCurdy? Yes, I know that name, but I don't know why. Okay. So he's a man that was born in Washington, Maine in 1880. Okay. Um, he had kind of a chaotic home life and started drinking at a very early age. Mm-hmm. As he grew, he was trained as a plumber, but he struggled to hold j- down a job because of his struggle with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um. In 1905, at the age of 25, he had his first run-in with the law when he was arrested for being drunk in public. In 1907, he joined the Army and worked as a machine gun operator. And then in this job, he was also able to learn about explosives. Oh, fun. So, yeah. So he received an honorable discharge in 1910. So he was not in the Army very long. And then 12 days later, he and a friend were arrested on suspicion that they were planning to commit a robbery because Mm -hmm. they were carrying the tools that they would need to commit the crime. So they told the judge that the tools were used or were planning to be used um, to build a new machine gun. And the jury believed them and found them not guilty. So he ended up, you know, just being released for that. Mm -hmm. And then during that year of 1911, he committed multiple petty crimes, and then decided to form a gang. So um, they decided to um, rob a bank, and they blew up the safe, but they used too much nitroglycerin, and it destroyed the safe and much of the contents. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, he was trained in explosives, but clearly didn't quite understand, so, like, it blew the safe and, and all of the contents, so they didn't end up getting anything out of that. And it also caused a lamp, a lot of damage to the bank. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't get away with hardly any money. So then they decided that they were going to rob the Iron Mountain, Missouri Pacific train. And it was supposed to be carrying $400,000, which it says that would be over um, $10 million today. Oh, wow. So, okay. <laughs> you know, but these, they were not the brightest you know, stars in the sky. And so they ended up robbing the wrong train. And when they realized it was a wrong train, you know, because they what they ended up doing is robbing like a passenger train. Oh, and so they ended up robbing the passengers and they got away with $46, two jugs of whiskey and the train conductors watch. So they thought they were getting $400,000. And they only got $46 whiskey and a watch. Wow. Okay. So the local newspaper called it the smallest train robbery in history. Bloodhounds tracked him down to a friend's ranch a few days after the robbery and a shootout ensued and Elmer J. McCurdy died in the shootout by the local sheriff. So he died right away. Um, His body was taken to the Johnson Funeral Home in Pahuskey, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. But nobody claimed the body. Mm-hmm. So what should a mortician do with a body that nobody claims? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're going to tell me. I would think they would just bury it in a pauper's grave, but I guess not. 
not in this situation, girl. (laughs) He was like, he was like, I'm gonna make some money off this. Okay. So he was kind of, well, they said he refused to um, bury the body because he would not be paid for those services and he was not going to do something that he was not being paid for. Okay. So he, um, he used arsenic to um, embalm the body and then he dressed it up and put a gun in its hand and hung it, like had it kind of, um, like propped up in the corner and hung a sign on it said the bandit who wouldn't give up and then he charged visitors a nickel and they would place the nickel into the corpse's mouth and he would you know collect the nickels later so he was charging people to come see the body of the terrible bandit ridiculous okay so how long do you think he got away with this (laughs) um what do you think would be reasonable I feel like people would find out within a few weeks, like, right? Like you would think everyone would know about this, but I don't, I don't know, man. (laughs) Well, everybody did. And tons of visitors came from all over to see this body. And he had the body on display in his mortuary for five years. Okay. (laughs) You would think Um, somebody would say, hey, ethically, this seems wrong. (laughs) You know, like not even like a, but nobody did. Nope. Nobody, nobody thought it was wrong. Nobody stopped him from doing this. So then in 1916, uh, some people claimed, uh, they came to claim the body and they claimed that they were relatives and they did get permission from the local authorities to take the body to San Francisco for burial. So Mm -hmm. the mortician had to release the body to them, but Mm -hmm. he obviously was not happy about it because it was a big money-making thing for him. So he was upset with the local police department for saying they had a release that he had released the body. But I don't know how these men proved that they were family members because they were not. Um, yeah. In actuality, they were James and Charles Patterson of the great Patterson carnival show. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> this, this so is they crazy. had heard of the corpse. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? So they had heard of the corpse and decided they wanted to take him on the road. Okay. McCurdy's body made its way around the U.S. in various carnivals. They advertised him as the outlaw who would never be captured alive. And they called him um, the Oklahoma mummy man. So that's how they marketed him. This feels like a little bit like the Minnesota Iceman. Not even going to lie. I know, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like funny in a way, but like, yeah, if that was my loved one, I guess I wouldn't find it funny, but he does make his way around. It's just wild that they got away with this for so long. I think like, I don't know. One just nobody thought it was wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So in 1922, James Patterson sold the carnival to Lewis Sunny, who operated a traveling museum of crime. Okay. Um, so he had wax figures of all kinds of like famous outlaws. Um, but you know, all of his stuff were, were wax figures, you know, it was like Madame Tussauds, you know, it was all mm-hmm. just figurines, you know? Yeah. Um, so this was the only one that was an actual body. Okay. Um, and then in 1933, Sonny loaned the figure to director Dwayne Esper, um, who used it he used the figure to promote his movie narcotic 
So it wasn't actually seen in the movie, but like he used it as like a promotional thing. Okay. Um, and in the promotions, he was portrayed as like a drug addict who killed himself after being surrounded by the police. Oh. So he was displayed in movie theater lobbies to advertise the movie and also to warn of the dangers of drug addiction. Notice how they spin it like, oh, we're doing this as like a good thing to warn people. Um, yeah, I don't know that their intention was actually noble, but, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Sunny died in 1949, all the figures were put into storage and they remain in storage for nearly 20 years okay. um, until it was, you know, somebody decided to open it up to loan the figures out as a uh, props for a horror movie called She Freak. Oh, okay. And yeah, all the figures were sold to a new museum wax operator and they were on display at Mount Rushmore for a time. And they thought that Elmer was also waxed, but his body got damaged during a windstorm. Mm -hmm. And so they stopped displaying him after that because they just thought he wasn't realistic enough after the wind damage. Oh. So then he was sold to Ed Lersch. Um, and he was one of the partners that owned the, mu the amusement park in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And so they, he ended up being placed in the fun house. But again, at this time, they thought he was just one of the wax figures. They didn't even realize that there was a, a real body mixed in with that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, how did they know that um, this was Elmer? Um, so they did superimposing radiographs of the school with known photos of, of Elmer, just because they tracked the timeline of like, what would make sense and where has this body been? Mm hmm there was a 1924 um, penny and a ticket stub to Louis uh, Louis Sunny's museum that were found lodged in his throat. So that also helped him know them know where he had come from. Mm -hmm. And then there was a copper bullet jacket that remained in his chest, and that kind of um, bullet jacket didn't show up in America until 1905. And then the arsenic in which he was embalmed with fell out of use in about 1920. Mm -hmm. So they were able to guess that this person died within those 15 years. Right. You know, and then they, they uh, you know, what do we know about, you know, who's been shot in the chest and like, you know, what about this ticket set, you know, so they did all the tracking and figured out who he was. Wow. Um, so 66 years after his death, he was buried on 4-22-1977 in the Boot Hill section of Summit Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Oh. Um, and then, you know, I guess I want to, you know, so he obviously didn't have any living relatives at that time or anything. How many people do you think attended his funeral? Thousands. <laughs> 300. <laughs> so this man who... Yeah, who had no living relatives, known close people, anything like that. 300 people sh showed up to lay this outlaw to rest. Mm -hmm. And then police ended up covering his grave with several feet of concrete so that nobody would dig him up again. That's um, good. Yeah, so they finally wanted him to be at rest. But, you know, he did sure get around. <laughs> you know, I think he probably got more miles in as a dead person than he did as a living person. 
Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say it's like he really got to see the U.S. Like, good for him. Um, I wonder, like, did anyone ever report anything spooky happening in the? I mean, I know it's a fun house, so you would probably just assume it's part of it. But like, were, were there any sort of weird? Because I feel like if it were me, I would probably haunt the shit out of this. <laughs> Well, you would think so, but you know, there's part of me that's like, maybe, you know, if, if his spirit was around somewhere, maybe he thought it was fun. You know, he got to turn around, he got to have people, you know, checking him out and he got to be a part of these big sideshows and carnivals. Like, I don't know, it kind of sounds fun. Well, and then I will say again, you know, because they, um, when he went to the fun house, he was painted like in a fluorescent orange paint. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, because he was in the fun house. So when they had the black lights and everything. So I think most people would think he's just a prop because he didn't really look human. You know, then he looked painted and, you know, yeah, fake. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I did, I did do a little, because I was wondering about the, you know, how long does the embalming normally last? Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it seems that's a long time, you know, so it said that modern embalming lasts only a few days, because it's intended just to work long enough for the family members and loved ones to pay their last respects before a body is buried, um, or cremated. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were saying that, you know, when it when you did arsenic, um, you know, that that is sometimes it would last for a very long time. And I mean, in this case, it lasted for, you know, almost like what 70 years or I guess it was like 60 years um yeah so um and then you know just when I was doing some research I also heard about this other place and this is in Mexico and I just thought this was interesting so I'm throwing this in even though it doesn't really relate to the case necessarily but it's just about mummies and I thought it was cool Hmm. so um you know it said mummification doesn't usually happen in the U.S. but there's an area in Mexico called Guanajanto, where mummification happens kind of naturally. I've heard and, of um, Yeah, so apparently Guanajanto is one of the world's uh, most productive silver mines. Mm-hmm. And the chemicals from the mines mix with the groundwater and seep into the soil. So the ground where a lot of people are buried is saturated with those chemicals. And when those bodies are exhumed, they're found to have been totally mummified. Um. And it happens to all the bodies that are buried in that area of Mexico. So it really is something to do with the soil. Um, and uh, it's a, it, um, it's such a phenomenon that they created Salón del Culto a la Muerte. So Death Cult Saloon or Museum, mm-hmm. um, also known as the Museum of Mummies. And you can come see, see some of those mummies that were um, you know, dug up in that area just to show what naturally happens because mm-hmm. of the silver in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting. And then it said that early, early 20th century morticians use arsenic, which obviously could preserve the bodies maybe indefinitely, but definitely for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the first half of the 20th century, arsenic was banned from being used in embalming. Because the chemicals interfere with autopsy results. Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know that's why we did away with it. But yeah, it says it messes with autopsy results. Um, Mm. And then also because it was, uh, it had the potential because it's so poisonous that it had the potential that it could harm 
harm, uh, cause harm or death to those who were doing the embalming. So mm-hmm. they decided it was too unsafe to use anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah. that is the story of Elmer J. McCurdy. Wow. And the Long Beach Amusement Park. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that case before. It sounds really familiar to me. Um, but yeah, that's so wild yeah. that. Yeah, they- I just wanted to do something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I love that he robbed a train for $46. Like, go him. He's really, <laughs> he's really killing it. He really thought he was getting 400000 Can you imagine thinking you're getting 400000 and then you end up getting $46, two bottles of whiskey, and a watch? <laughs> that's all you get. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I don't know, man. You need to think about your life choices, I think. He definitely got the train schedules right. or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was on the wrong train. <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean it definitely seems like he became more famous after his death than he was in life. You know, he got more notoriety because in his life he was just like this dumb, you know, can't even pick the right train, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's so wild. I wonder, like, this is just like obviously he's been buried very definitely um now, but it makes me think of like the whole mummification thing it also makes me think about like the body farm have you heard of that where like there are bodies no. around there's a few now but they're like around the u.s and they use like like people can donate their bodies to the body farm and they basically just research how long like decomposition lasts and if you take certain like if you're embalmed versus not embalmed or whatever, like they basically are just doing re- research on like decomposition of bodies. Um, and it's very interesting. So. Yeah. Well, I know you can donate your body to like the bodies in motion thing. You know, those, those uh, traveling exhibits that show you bodies and like, you know, playing tennis or, or bodies, you know, a pregnant body or, you know, different kinds of bodies, just doing different things. Mm-hmm. So I know people can donate their body to those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would ever donate my, I feel like I would be self-conscious about what my body would be looked at for. Like, Yeah. yeah. Or even well, like donating your I mean, body for like science, like for, I mean, anatomy and phys or whatever, like all the cadavers and cadaver labs and stuff. Like yeah. I've obviously done that, but. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd be really judged if I donated my body. I'd be like, I don't want y'all to see my stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah, I'm a donor in terms of like organ donor to help save people's lives. But yeah, I wouldn't want to donate my body to science in that kind of way. Because yeah, I, I agree with you. I just because once you send your body away, you don't know what they're going to do with it. Are you going to be in a museum in a body of motion? Are you going to, you know, yeah. be a cadaver in a lab somewhere? You know, are they going to mess with your um stem cells and you know I mean you just never know what they're gonna do so yeah it's you'd want to be I don't know in my mind I'd want to be able to consent to whatever exactly my body was going to be used for um because yeah I would not want my body on display in a museum (laughs) yeah I just and I mean I know like the body's in motion like it's normally just like the muscles and the tendons so like you couldn't tell it was me but I would know I feel like my (laughs) my energy would know (laughs) but just stresses me out I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That's not my thing. But I know they've got like tens of thousands of people on the list wanting to donate to those kind of things. So I mean, people are into it. Yeah. But I yeah, probably them. nobody would volunteer to have their body filled with arsenic and spray paint in bright orange and hung in a fun house as a hanged man. I know that. I don't think anybody would. (laughs) When that mortician, like it just trips me out that for five years he had people coming through and popping, you know, nickels into the mouth and nobody said, hey, this might be wrong. Like, do we think ethically and morally this is a problem? People are so wild. Nobody said that. I know. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like the creativity, like your brain, that's what it goes to. When you have a body that's not claimed, that's what your brain goes to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and, you know, his words were like, well, nobody's going to pay me for the burial, so I'm not going to bury him. So (laughs) instead, (laughs) I don't know. It seems like you could do something else with it. But instead, you decide to dress him up and put a gun in his hand and put a sign on him and have people pay you to see him. It's just an interesting choice. Yeah, that's just so wild to me so wild (laughs) (laughs) but you know at least he did gain some fame you know in kind of a fun way (laughs) even though it's kind of gross um but you know and yeah maybe he did get to see a lot of America because he got to travel around with the circus so yeah yeah that is true that is true well I guess we should get into some housekeeping things. Um, yep. Follow us on Instagram at what the L pod. Um, if you have either topic suggestions, thoughts about any episodes you want to share with us, a listener story that we can read on the podcast, anything like that, you could DM us on our Instagram, or you can email us at what the L pod at gmail.com. Uh, we definitely want to do another listener's flight for y'all. Um, we also, um, do have a Patreon if you want to subscribe, become a patron. We have bonus episodes up there, and I think we're going to do different types of bonus episodes, and I'm pretty excited. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I think that's all the housekeeping. So I just want to say I appreciate you sharing this story with us, Mama. I appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you all. Thanks so much, friends. Bye. Bye.